the session titled Perspectives in Africa. We have two presentations up for you today. So in the essence of time, we're going to go through both presentations first, and then the speakers from both presentations will uh, answer any questions at the end of the session. First up, we have the African insurance trap. This will be presented by Peter Tripe and Rebecca Miriuki from Deloitte. Rebecca's from Deloitte in East Africa. And credits also to Thomas and Jerry from Deloitte East Africa, who was unable to make it today. Thanks, Carla. Um, I'd just really like to start off by reiterating uh, the welcome to uh, Rebecca uh, from our Nairobi office. Um, in our sort of business, we have to be quite agile in what we do in responding to sort of client needs and things. But I think Rebecca took it to a new level this week. When she woke up on Monday morning uh, in Nairobi, she had no inkling that she would be in Cape Town later this week. Uh, some of you who are part of uh, groups who have subsidiaries across Africa or clients across Africa are probably aware of some of the hurdles that South Africa's home affairs throw in our way of sharing human capital across Africa. And we were no exception. So Thomas Njeru is a director and leader of our East Africa insurance and actuarial practice. And despite submitting his visa application at the beginning of last month, he, uh, and after much runaround, uh, we eventually gave up this morning and asked uh, Rebecca, who's in his team, uh, and who happens to also have a South African passport, if she would like to sort of stand up and help, help stand and deliver this presentation. So really, really sort of thanks for your agility and your contribution. Um, yeah, um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, we've exercised, you know, so quite a, a bit of agility around the, also the logistics of getting Rebecca down, uh, but then also what we tried to do is get a video of Thomas talking to the key part of the presentation. So I'm going to sort of kick off giving some of the background, uh, some of the statistics and you know, some of the issues uh, that we see uh, around penetration and the impact that it has uh, in some of these industries. But then we want to sort of extend it to some of the aspects of so what. Uh, you know, what are companies actually sort of doing about it? Uh, what are some of the strategies that are winning, uh, you know, and making, you know, some sort of progress? So we've uh, put a video together of Thomas, you know, sort of talking to that part of the slide, only to find then uh, that given the, the technology that we have, we can't both have a video and slides here. So when we do get to that section, uh, we'll play it, we'll have the soundtrack, um, uh, of him sort of talking to the slides here, so please uh, do bear with us. I apologise, it probably won't be quite as interactive uh, as having him here, um, but uh, between Rebecca and myself, uh, I think we'll still add uh, quite a lot of value and uh, uh, address the, those questions that we can uh, deal in the Q&A section. Okay, so pressing ahead. Uh, as I said, I'm going to start off um, talking to some of the current state assessment, looking at some of the macro variables uh, around insurance penetration and what that sort of means across Africa as a whole. Uh, then I'm going to hand over to Rebecca to contextualize that to an East Africa perspective, looking at some of uh, the Kenya statistics, as well as some of what the response is and how following the traditional actuarial approach or the traditional operating model approach uh, is or is not working within those markets. And then, as I said, when we get to the, the road less travelled, 
Thomas will consider some of the other, breaking some of those orthodoxies of the traditional approach uh, to selling insurance and what, uh, you know, and what success people uh, have, have gained so far in the market. Okay, so the, over the past four or five years, I've probably assisted or worked on anywhere between a dozen and sort of 20 due diligence uh, acquisitions in various countries in West, East, and Central Africa. And um, so there's clearly a lot of interest uh, in these markets. And I think uh, this slide you know, sort of talks to that and is, uh, you know, is at the root of it. Because a lot of that interest, it's, uh, there is a little bit of consolidation that's sort of happening, but most of that interest is actually coming from countries outside you know, of these countries, you know, typically South Africa, uh, the UK, but even the US, and we've even seen some Far, far East interest recently. And where that is coming from is that in the context of domestic uh, relative saturation of insurance markets, relatively stagnant uh, economies, uh, companies looking for growth see Africa you know, as the next uh, sort of frontier and look to come in with a rising tide. And what this graph shows, uh, it's, it's probably quite familiar, this sort of statistic's been around for quite a, lo a long time. It comes from Swiss Re's regular research showing insurance penetration in various countries, showing premium income as a percentage of GDP. And other than the anomaly of South Africa, uh, and a Namibian Mauritius, to a lesser extent, that sort of stands out. Uh, and South Africa is well known as being one of the second or third most penetrated uh, insurance markets in the world. Other than, uh, if, if you take South Africa out, you, uh, compared to the global average of roughly sort of six percent, um, you know, the Africa in, uh, average, including South Africa, is around about three percent. If you take that out. Uh, South Africa would be looking at a penetration probably close to the East Africa uh, sort of level of about 1.1%. Um, you know, with some of the countries, you know, such as Nigeria, it's well known extremely low uh, in a sort of penetration. Uh, Kenya, uh, by sort of contrast, has actually got a relatively, you know, of, of some of the other African territories, uh, is relatively sort of high, but. And that's on the back of very substantial sort of growth over the past 10 years. But still, some of the issues and complications of that sort of lack of scale are still manifest in that country in terms of value for money on a, on a, lot, of pro a lot of products. Um, right, so, so this is looking at the insurance markets as a whole. Uh, you know, so companies see you know, there's a positive here. You know, you've got relatively low uh, penetration. Surely it's a matter of time before the tide rises all of the boats up to a global average as one aspect, and then obviously also what about you know, sort of growth in the GDP you know, of, of these countries as well. And uh, Rebecca will talk to some of those sort of GDP uh, sort of figures. You know, you know, the GDP per capita in a number of these countries is relatively low relative to global norms. So as you have both uh, the rising of the tide, both in terms of penetration and of GDP per capita, you'd expect substantial growth to come. Um, and we sort of see this breaking it down a bit further into the other sub-industries, life insurance, non-life, as well as looking at the, at the health sector. Uh, in the, again, we see on the life insurance sector, 
you've got the developed markets, the advanced uh, Asian markets, Western Europe and North America accounting for more than 75% of global uh, premium income. Uh, with Africa, Latin America and the developing Asian markets, despite uh, accounting for roughly two-thirds of the world's population, contributing uh, roughly 25% of global uh, insurance premium income. The other takeaway uh, from this slide, I uh, apologise, some of the symbols are quite small and the, the ASA fonts aren't always the best for seeing some of these things. Just wanted to make out these uh, triangles show the rate of growth in the past year. Um, so we see the, where uh, growth in premium income is between 10 and 15 percent. We're looking in Africa, uh, Latin America, and to a lesser extent, um, uh, sort of Central and Eastern, Eastern Europe. So small base, uh, but showing some signs of, of significant growth. In the non-life market, a similar story in terms of the overall dominance by Western Europe and North America, less so from Asia this time. Um, but again, you know, very low uh, sort of penetration uh, in Africa, Latin America. And again, here the growth rates a little bit less easy to make out. Uh, emerging Asia leading the way between 10 and 15 percent. Uh, Latin America at sort of between 5 and 10 percent. Africa, in this case, actually going backwards in the past year, and I think that has probably uh, got is probably to do with the the the, the subsidence in the resource uh, so sector. A lot of the non-life you know, sort of businesses around corporate uh, non-life insurance, and as the you know as some you know as some of the the, the resource sectors have been impacted, uh, I think that's sort of driven some of that decline in the non-life market across in in the past year or so. Okay, the next slide is on healthcare insurance. And just to, th this one's uh, very difficult to <laughs> sort of make out. For each country, you've got three bars. And what we're actually trying to illustrate here is the relative amount of money that people are spending out of pocket uh, for their healthcare needs. And the point of this graph is just getting across that untapped. Uh, you know, sort of market from a healthcare or medical services uh, sort of business. So, for each country, the first graph shows uh, the amount of money is a, uh, that is spent uh, on health insurance or medical aid, you know, sort of type of products. Uh, the middle graph then shows what is the total out-of-pocket health expenditure that doesn't come from medical aid or health insurance uh, type products. And then the third you know, shows just the general uh, expenditure on health as a percentage of GDP for each of these countries. And the key thing to sort of see, you know, through m most of these African uh, countries is the high proportion, you know, 50% or more uh, of healthcare expenditure comes from out of, out of pocket. Uh, in South Africa, by contrast, with a relatively sort of mature uh, you know, medical schemes, health insurance, as well as uh, you know, sort of government, uh, government, um, you know, uh, medical, uh, medical support. Uh, that out-of-pocket expenditure compared to uh, these other markets is 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 much lower. Okay, so the theme through all of these slides is the lack um, or the r relative lack of penetration uh, in all of these sort of markets. And you know, I started out by saying, well, this is actually a positive. It's an opportunity for us to sort of tap into. 
But a lot of those statistics, if we go back and look at what they, they showed you know, sort of 10 years ago, a lot of them haven't actually materially sort of changed. And what we're seeing with a number of the markets is uh, they're sort of sitting in this sort of trap despite the best efforts uh, and intentions to sort of grow uh, the sizes of these markets. Um, and this has been experience of a number of companies that have made acquisitions or set up operations in a number of the countries in these territories. There's a litany of woes around expense overruns, additional capital having to sort of come in, and basically a lack of scale. And part of that, I mean, there are a number of factors behind that, but obviously a, a part of that is the poor value for money that this represents. And uh, that's what this uh, slide is, is showing, is some statistics for these countries showing the breakdown of premium that is spent on distribution costs, management expenses, and then ultimately as claims. You know. And so what we see in the South African market with the relative scale that it has, for every, basically consumers on average getting 78 cents back for every rand that they're supporting in. Uh, whereas in Tanzania or Uganda, for example, you're getting less, you're around about 30 cents back. Uh, you know, so the, the reputational, it, it is very difficult to convince people to buy products when you're only giving them 30, 30, percent, uh, 30 cents in the rand back. Or, um, and by contrast, you see the, the expenditure on, you know, on management expenses is, is extremely high. Um, I think Rebecca was sharing one statistic with me a bit sort of early in the Ugandan market. Uh, there are currently something like less than 10,000 individual life policies uh, currently in force, and that's for a market with uh, over 40 million people in it. Um, right, okay, so, so with that, I'll hand over to Rebecca to sort of contextualize in the East Africa sort of context. Thanks. <laughs> 